0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Gunter, and let me start by saying this week, folks, Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, Uh, spent a lot of time with family and friends, because I know (laughs) this last year was a long one, a tough one, a hard one. So, man, it was nice to just relax, decompress, spend some time with family Even though my primary job in the household when I'm not working is gopher, I uh, spend a lot of time going between either the fridge feeding people or uh, acting as like a life-size remote navigating uh, Amazon Prime. So hope everyone enjoyed the time off. On the theme of new beginnings, we have a fantastic guest today. We are joined by Christian Plastencia. He is the co-founder of The Durable Athlete. Prior to starting this company with his girlfriend, Natalie, uh, he's going to give us that backstory, which is really interesting. So I hope you all enjoy that. He actually worked at Onnit Academy or Onnit Gyms based out of Austin, Texas, where he was actually the durability coach there. So within Onnit, which is pretty well known nationally, He specialized in educating both the coaches and athletes on how they can better integrate movement and breathing techniques in addition to a whole nother, you know, kind of like holistic based approach to assist in the recovery protocols uh, with their elite athletes that they train out of that facility. So he truly is an expert in the space. He's worked with the elite professional athletes. He could name drop all day if he wanted to. He's worked with a really interesting set of performers. And he also now works you know, with the general population and putting it in his own words, right? what he's trying to help do is help folks realize small wins that are going to help add up to a more optimized individual. What I loved about this show, and I'm not going to give too much away, but he takes us through the four pillars that he and his team at The Durable Athlete felt were essential to creating a durable athlete. And when you hear these pillars, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I, I've heard of this, nutrition, sleep. But we also talk about breathing. And But what I thought was so interesting was that even topics that we may have been discussed a hundred times, he offered a new perspective. Whether a new way to think about how that can help you live a more optimized life or a new perspective as to why it's so critical that we do these things in the right way and that the role that they actually serve in helping us function as we're meant to function. So regardless of, uh, you know, who you are, as you listen to this, if you're still an athlete today, if you're someone who just wants to feel better every day, this is going to be, I think one of the best episodes we do a lot of really tangible takeaways And what I thought was so great is, I mean, honestly, it's stuff that you can try as you're listening to this episode. No need to go run out and buy equipment. You can try it along with us as we're kind of talking about it. Uh, And over the last few days since talking with Christian, I've been trying to make a really conscious effort to integrate a lot of this stuff in my own day-to-day life, Sonia included. So on that note, if you're enjoying the show uh, and if you haven't already, folks, please do subscribe or leave us a rate and a review. We really appreciate that. If you want to reach out to me personally, I I love hearing from listeners. Information's in the show notes, but you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore professional athlete. Feel free to reach out to me there. Go to KenGunter.com. Drop us a note that way as well. Let's see. Make sure to stick around this time for Run It By My Wife with Sonia we talk about our first few days of our 2021 resolutions a sneak peek folks we're trying to get ripped up okay (laughs) maybe more me than her I think she's just she's trying to get it tight in tone but uh yeah great episode we hope you enjoy it's a long one so I'm not going to talk any more than I have to but again happy new year thank you for listening and let's start the show
1: i got too much to do yeah i gotta get going i gotta talk
0: to you it's time to start the show <laughs> christian man welcome to the
2: show thank you for having me ken i appreciate you brother
0: yeah how's how's everything in austin right now
2: uh everything's good yeah i would say um Texas relative, at least to like California, where I was born and raised and where a lot of my family is. Yeah, um, yeah very different than California right now. I would say, uh, pretty Although
0: it, it feels like half of California is actually moving to Austin yes. as we speak. It's yes. like a, a mass exodus right now. It's crazy.
2: Yep. Yep. Luckily I moved out here about five years ago, so I can say that I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm an Austinite yet, but I'm closer at least than some of these newbies out here.
1: Yeah, Um, exactly.
2: But yeah, yeah. Austin, Texas, man, it's beautiful out here. Like I said, I've been out here for a little over five years. Um, moved out here, uh, right after I finished up my undergrad out in California and yeah, I just, just closed on a home, just bought a home two weeks ago with my girlfriend and, and business partner um, so yeah, excited, man. I think Austin might be, uh, might be home for a while.
0: Dude, Austin's, Austin's great. And I, I've only been there actually during like South by Southwest back mm-hmm. when we could mm-hmm. actually like be in groups of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even just like getting on the fringes of Austin, man, you can see why uh, people are fighting to keep it weird. Like it's just yeah. got such a cool culture, uh, and such like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like, it really has its own personality. It's a cool mm-hmm. city.
1: Mm-hmm. I like Austin a lot, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, cool. So like I was saying before we started, I'm so pumped to talk to you because I feel as I understand the mission of your newest venture, it just seems to align so closely with what the mission of this show is. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, sometimes I talk about this beforehand, but really like my my mindset is kind of like what makes a great athlete makes a great person. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so whether it be like things that you do in training, nutrition, sleep, what have you, like a lot of those things are beneficial just to kind of optimize in your health. Yeah. Um, and so what I, what I would love to hear from you is, you know, what, what is kind of like this concept of the durable athlete? Because as I understand it, uh, you know, you work with people at the highest ends of sport, but it seems like what you're trying to do is bring a lot of these same concepts and and make it approachable to kind of like the average person, whether they're an athlete or not. Um, so, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't explain what you're doing, but yeah, I, I kick it to you, man. Can we talk a little bit about what the durable athlete is?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I definitely have to feel like I have to start with just, um, you know, kind of like the why. Like, why was the Durable yeah. Athlete created? Kind of like, where is the origin story there? Um, and I feel like I would almost have to kind of explain and give a background about like myself and and also my girlfriend and co-owner and, and creator of the Durable Athlete, uh, Natalyn. Awesome. Yeah, so Natalie I'll start with Natalie Natalie grew up out in Dallas, Texas um, She's always been very, very, you know, physically active She played uh, a year of college basketball at UT Dallas uh, oh, nice. And then after that year I mean, born and raised in that same city I think she just wanted to get out And and kind of give uh, sports and basketball a little bit of a break um, So yeah, she ended up going to school out here near Austin In uh, San Marcos at Texas okay. Um and yeah, so when she I believe right when she graduated college, which her degree, man. I'm not gonna speak to her degree because I don't know what her degree is in. Hopefully I don't (laughs) get in trouble with that. But uh, we'll we'll edit it. Yeah. (laughs) But she started coaching uh CrossFit um and coached CrossFit out there in San Marcos for about a couple years, and then she got into uh, teaching. Uh she was teaching uh, third grade out here in Austin, Texas for about four years there. And then I want to say the last year of her uh, teaching is when her and I met and, uh, you know, she had always been, and we met at it right? The gym that I used to be a coach at, uh, the gym right. that I used to be a coach at as well. But at the time she was just going in, uh, working out uh, just, you know, leisurely. And so um, slowly over time, we like built a relationship, built a bond and obviously got it to the point where we started to date formally. And within like the first year of us dating, you know, she had brought up, Hey, like, you Know the, the clients you're working with, I've seen you work with them over like you know six or seven months now. It's like not disrespectful, not trying to be disrespectful, but like some of them don't really look like they're progressing. And oh, I mean, wow, yeah, I know it's kind of like a, a pretty harsh statement coming from, yeah, them. I love um, it, but yep. not pulling very- any punches. No, 100%. She's being, you know, transparent. She's being, you know, speaking her truth. And obviously, I respected that. It took it as a gut punch initially, because it was like, "Whoa, it's my client. Like, you know, I kind of got put a little barrier up there. Um, And but really kind of took a step back and realized, you know, what she was trying to say was, if they're not doing, you know, the right things outside of the gym, who cares how much they come inside the gym, right? Mm. Who cares if they come in seven days a week, each day for an hour, like physical fitness is only really one aspect to health. So I'm going to kind of leave that there then kind of get into like my background, right? Yeah, My background was, uh, grew up out in California. I've always loved playing basketball. Sports have always been a big uh, part of my life, but basketball was like number one, right? I think at the age of like 10 is where I was like, this is it, like, this is what I'm going to do solely. Um, and I uh, twist my ankle, sprained my ankle. I went into physical therapy when I was about 12 or 13 years old. Um, and at that point, I remember sitting there first day on the table and just realizing that, like, OK, I don't know what is going on here. I don't know, you know what um, what degrees or you know, what, what certifications you need to have to be able to do this as a profession. But the music seeing like athletes, seeing like, kind of like this, like good energy, positive vibe energy, um, inside this like studio was like, this is what I want to be around. Huh. And I know it's funny to think that at, like, it's at such a young age, but I always say, if you met my mom, then you would understand like why my head was thinking about like what I want to do when I get older right? Okay. Uh, why very, Why is that? She's just very type A. Like she just is like a hustler, man. She doesn't stop. She, she's been working in an executive position for a very long time out in California for uh, yeah. several different like uh, ag companies. Cause ah. agriculture is like very, very big where I was born and raised. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, she's like a real estate agent. She's like a uh, certified to like sell life insurance. I mean, she does everything under the sun. Like You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, she's just always kind of been like a a very much, I mean, a mentor and a guiding light in my life, right? Whether we realize it or not, like you spend so much time with, you know, with somebody like, for example, your parents, you kind of start to like pick up on their energy, you pick up on the way they talk, the way they think, like they're just their style of how they get across every day. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably where a lot of that came from in terms of me thinking like, what do I want to do when I get older? So my mom, being the person she is, I said that in the car, and so the next day she called the owner of that physical therapy clinic. Oh, and like, I love it! My son is going to intern for you, and so <laughs> <laughs> it was in summertime, so I just started to intern. And of course, like I'm not, I'm not taking anybody through any exercises. You know, I'm not checking anybody in. It's really just like cleaning the facility. It's just trying to be a fly on the wall. That's yeah. my Parents like always try to instill in me. It was just like. Just like shut up and listen. Like, right. if you listen more than you speak, like you'll be able to learn a lot, right? And and obviously, just always ask questions. And luckily, I mean, I did that for in a physical therapy clinic all the way up until where I graduated uh, high school.
0: And no I- way. So you started doing this like eleven or ten.
2: Oh, like 12, I was 12, in, yeah, wow. 12 and 13. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. It's very different. <laughs> I don't think a lot of, I don't think a lot of people had that opportunity. Of
0: course, you're no, yeah. Ch- trying to get most teenagers off the couch, yeah. let, let alone to like spend time learning a craft. It's one yeah. thing to have a job, but like the, the focus that you must've had, I mean, what, that's six years, right? Yeah. yeah that's like, incredible.
2: Six, 30 years. But it was, it's funny. Cause like, you know, you don't know what you don't know sometimes, right? Like when you're just when you're just in it, you don't know that you're doing something that's like gonna benefit you in the future. You know, obviously I, I, I wanna say it back at that time I had that mentality of like, hey, this is gonna pay off in some way, in some capacity. Yeah. But yeah, like I it's kind of tough to speak to like how important those first like six or seven years were, not in you know, me learning what the deltoid is or where the deltoid attaches or where the pec is, but kind of just like learning about like the human body. And when Hmm. you get hurt in X, why like, why is it that like X would get hurt? And like, what do we need to do to like baby step our way to get that like back in the right place to where it can function at like it's appropriate baseline. Now, of course, like I would never be able to articulate that at a young age, but that is where the foundation, I believe started for me in terms of like physical fitness and just my approach to just health, I guess, in general and physical health. Yeah. Um, So that's incredible.
0: Well, and it's, you know, I I really want to hear, um, you know, the, the rest of the story, but like, it seems like already it's like you were kind of thrown into the fire and like what your experience was, was beyond, like you said, just like I don't know, quite literally, like, what are the muscles? Where are they? What are yeah. they named? And it's about, like, how do they function, yeah. movement, rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, and I, I like, I don't know. I, I hadn't always had the best experiences in rehab yeah. centers, so I'm glad yeah. that, like, where you were at was a place that you wanted to be.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
0: I think that probably made a big difference as well.
2: 100%. 100%, man. I think, you know, obviously my mom knew the owner, so we were pretty close with him. Ah, so okay, cool. Like, there was that good vibe there, and obviously – him owning that physical therapy clinic all of the pts i don't want to say work underneath him but they worked alongside him Mm. and so of course like if your boss is like hey this kid is going to be in here and he's probably going to be watching he's going to ask questions like like just be nice and like respond to him right i I got lucky let's just be honest right because i could have just been a random kid and you know people in their 30s and 40s you know, that our doctors could have been. And they're like, well, what is this? Why is this kid here? Just let me, you know, let me work. Let me do my profession. Let me do my craft. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where that started. Then once I went to college, you know, again, in my head, I'm like, cool, physical therapy, physical therapy, my freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, I interned at just different physical therapy clinics out in Southern California. So Hmm. I grew up more like central. And then I went to school out in like Southern California. Um, didn't you go to CLU? Yeah, yeah. So
0: I I actually know CLU. Uh, I used to go to quarterback camp there when I was in high school. They had like the quarterback and receivers camp. It was like a big.
2: Crazy. Yeah. Cal Cal Lutheran is like a beautiful campus. Yeah. Oaks is a beautiful, expensive city. Oh, man. Yes. Um, But I actually, it's funny. If you know about Cal Lutheran, I did my first two years at Cal State Channel Islands, which was like right out of high school. So, I mean, I graduated 2010. That school, Cal State Channel Islands in Camarillo, uh, started like in 2008. I think that's like maybe maybe 2007 or something like that. So it was like brand, brand new. Oh, interesting. Yeah, man. It was was amazing because it was a brand new school. The teacher, there was no sports there. So it felt like all the teachers that were there, like, really wanted to be there. And I don't know if maybe just because of budgets, maybe teachers were able to get allocated more money because there's not as much, you know, there's no sports there, but it just like, I, I love the vibe from like every single one of my teachers. Um, <gasps> obviously Camarillo, you're like five minutes away from Malibu. Like you're not. That yeah. It's far. not a, it's so, not a bad place like, to be on the it's planet. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> of course. it is Gorgeous. Um, But yeah, I went there. Then I transferred to Calou because they didn't end up having exercise science. Which again ah. was like physical therapy, physical therapy. I don't want to be a bio major. I damn near don't want to be a chemistry major. Right. So Kowaloo was like the closest school that I could transfer to that still had my major. Got um, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did that and and <clears throat> I, again I think I really want to speak to this. My senior year. I started interning with the physical therapist. Um very, very different approach than anybody I've ever worked with. He, uh, to put it in layman's terms, like took a very holistic approach to treating people. Hmm. Um, not only in the sense of hey, you know, the there's a left shoulder issue, but it's coming from the right pubic bone, or it's coming from the right talus, and the right, you know, the right foot, or whatever the heck it may be, like. That thought process um, was very foreign to me, right? It was just like X and O. It was very much like if this was hurting, then something around here needs to be like uh, fixed or moved or strengthened. Because that was kind of, again, my like elementary, I guess, understanding of like the human body, right? Um, and so, yeah, that was like the first like aha moment. That was the first moment where it was like, Oh, stress. Like what is stress? And I thought stress was just like when you're, you know, getting all crazy with your thoughts up in your head, that stress could be like a cold shower. I didn't know stress could be the processed foods that we eat, staying up late at night, drinking, like all these Mm. different things. And that was like, again, like a big light bulb went up, but it still, still wasn't really connecting the dots so much. To me personally, at that time, I was doing some personal training. Um, I was helping out in the in the strength and conditioning uh, weight room at Cal Lutheran a little bit. So again, yeah. I think my head was still more in like the the training aspect, but I also knew like I had this background and a slight understanding of like physical therapy. And then when it came down to applications, I didn't get into any grad school. Sorry, I didn't get into any doctorate schools for physical therapy. Oh, interesting. To East Tennessee State and, uh, UT Austin out here uh, for long Longhorns for exercise physiology. So I was oh. like, okay, cool. Like, you know, that kind of sucks. Like I thought my whole life, I wanted to become a physical therapist and it's very competitive. You know, I didn't get in. Um, and I was like, you know what though, you know, that, that physical therapist kind of put things in perspective that like, I don't have to be a PT in order to like help people to move better. Right. Yeah. Of course I can't be a rehab specialist or i can't say that i'm here to rehab you or fix your issues but you know i think i could take a human you know who might be in maybe some uh might be experiencing some some like setbacks or some pain and i could potentially help them right through like different mechanisms yeah Um, and so yeah so long story short from there took off to austin And then I got a job at Onnit, the Onnit headquartered gym out here. And then obviously was going to grad school at the same time Hmm. after a couple months, dropped out of grad school, first semester dropped out because at that time I was already getting to work with like high level athletes and my like training schedule and clients was like full. Well, if I'm kind of coming to school to want to work with athletes, to want to work with sport teams, to get a better understanding of like the human body and how it responds to different stressors, like- I could just learn that. Right. Like
0: yeah.
2: I have a book, like these articles. I remember just like reading the articles and and obviously I'm not downplaying anybody who goes in and uh it goes to grad school or gets their PhD or their doctorate, or whatever it may be, because big kudos to them. Like I did not have the discipline at least to stay in school, at least in my situation. Um, but yeah, I just took it upon myself. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be reliant upon like being in a formal education setting to like further my education every day. Like yeah. that had to be a piece of me regardless, you know, cause once I got out of school, what does that mean? Do I just stop reading? Do I just stop caring about like how, you know, our understanding of the human body, uh, yeah. continues to evolve. So dropped out, then soon after that but a couple of years later met natalie we're now at that point where she's like yo it's more than just fitness and that is kind of where we created the durable athlete and it was of course in the beginning it was like well like how do we we got to have like principles or we got to have like a base we got to have like pillars we have to have like mm. all the things that we speak to have to be able to maybe like compartmentalize and fall under like a category of things yeah and that's kind of where like the pillars of the durable athlete are today which is Movement, breath, sleep, and nutrition. And, oh, I love it. And granted, you could probably come up with you know what about hydration? What about all these other things? You know, of course, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're important for sure, right? But those stop are poking right. holes
0: in my pillars, man. Yeah, I'm just trying yeah, to help man. Help you out,
2: just stand, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like. You know, really, the the big why of why we even created the durable athlete was helping people like further their health, not just with fitness, but with an understanding of like how the holistic approach of a human being, um, like what does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to thrive as a human being? I don't think those were ever taught to us, like in school. I don't think you know unless your parents were in the industry and like really had a good understanding of the human body, like. Parents aren't talking about that. Coaches aren't talking about that. So it's like, where's that drop off? No offense, but like doctors, a lot of doctors aren't talking about that as well. So like, who is going to be there to speak to it, right? Hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, what, yeah, I guess the origin of like the durable athlete.
0: Oh, dude, I love it. Well, and it, it's it's funny because like, you know, uh, so I, I played college football and uh, without throwing anyone under the bus, like I've, I've had that experience where even at a, you know, a, a fairly high level and, uh, you know, pretty good, uh, you know, whatever. I'm I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like look, I would get injured and all the focus would be on like, you know, that specific area of injury. It's like, look, okay, yes, obviously there's an injury here, but like might this be a symptom of something else that's out of whack? Like why does this keep recurring? Why yeah. does this keep happening? Like is there something else like that I can do to like get healthy because I want to play? Um, and so that was kind of my, even like own personal first experience with like, there's gotta be a better way to do things. Um, and I, do, do you know, Gavin McMillan, out of like sports science lab in, uh, he's in like Irvine. And so he, he, uh, sports science labs, an incredible facility out of California. And I think they have a couple all over the world, okay. but he, um, kind of first opened my eyes to like, there's a different approach. There's Got a way that we can be more innovative. We can think about movement differently. And, and you know, now looking back why I started the show, my experiences there in college training as, you know, a sophomore mm-hmm. um, have kind of put me on this path where it's like, well, what else is out there? Um, sure. So I love to hear, and I think you're absolutely right, like, you know, depending upon what specialist you go speak to, whether it be a doctor or a PT, like sometimes the truth is like to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so cool. it's like there is uh, a need for someone to communicate like a more holistic approach and and hopefully communicate how a lot of these things work together. Because I myself, like I'm super interested in it. I don't understand. Like, I would love for someone like yourself to package it up for me. Um, so so maybe we could even start. Could, could we just kind of go through each pillar? Maybe sure. maybe one by one. I feel like that would be really helpful for people listening.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. So let's we can break down like sleep first. Just because I feel like, you know, with a lot of our clients that we're able to serve, you know, asking about their sleep habits is like one of the first things that we ask for. Now, um, I mean, man, if we kind of put it in the context of, you know, we're sleeping, we reach at least some of hopefully all of us are going to bed every night. Right. Like, right. It's something that we do on a daily basis. Right. But it's something that, again, like no one ever told me about, like like um there is ways to master your sleep and like the benefits of sleep for me right the big aha is always seeing like the scientific and like the biological reasons and the 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 yeah the reasonings behind why we should do something right yeah. and so for sleep right like i mean if we think about it it's something that we do every single day If we are waking up and we didn't get, the, you know, maybe not the best sleep in the world, but we didn't get good sleep, which is a very general term, then we're already kind of starting the day off on the wrong note, right. In terms of like attention, in terms mm. of, memory, in terms of just like appetite, in terms of sex drive, in terms yeah. of like growth hormone and testosterone. So now it's kind of going into like the physical realm, like our sleep affects every single thing that we do. Right. And a lot of times, you know, it might be just as simple as like going to bed at a consistent time. Right. Mm. Like our body craves consistency. Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's tough to talk about sleep and the importance of sleep and the implications of sleep without like speaking to the circadian rhythm and like our biological clock. Right. So, um, maybe some people have heard of, you know, turn the the, the circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. maybe some people have heard biological clock or, you know, for people who have not heard any of those, you know, think of it as this like a, a internal time clock within our body where like each Let's, say, let's just say, hour, each hour, um, certain things should be like released into our blood, and then maybe certain things should be like excreted from our body. Right. Hmm. And so, like, for example, right, like in, you know, when we're sleeping at certain portions of our sleep cycle, there's going to be a deposit of things like growth hormone, like things like testosterone that allow us to recover, right, or allow us to rebuild and regenerate muscle tissue, connective tissue. I mean, even the tissue that is, you know, alive within our brain and within our neurons and our nervous system, like, if we don't get good sleep and we don't allow our body to fall into the sleep cycles right that are like every that are innate within every human being right then things like that like our attention like our mood like our appetite like our ability to perform physically are going to be diminished mm-hmm. so it's like for us it makes absolutely no sense that like if we are not you know uh, at least trying to master our sleep then Everything else throughout the day is already going to be subpar, right? And I think that's why we try to, we, why we like to start there is if yeah. we can start the day closest to 100, then everything else is already going to be like that. That baseline is already going to rise for everything else. So, one of the things we usually like to talk about is that consistency. So, mm. you know, in an ideal world, getting into bed and asleep before 10 p.m is perfect, is ideal, right? But even if maybe step number one is okay, eleven, you know, eleven PM is when you're gonna go to bed every night and you're gonna wake up every day at, you know, let's just say 7 30 a.m. Right. Yeah. We can just kind of get people to get on this consistent cycle, there is a lot of low-hanging fruit and things that people experience, whether it's you know, spiritually, emotionally, and or you know, obviously physically as well, where it's like the aha moment where people mm. are like, oh shoot, yeah, like you know, my sleep was maybe a little off, you know, it was, maybe it was at one o'clock, maybe sometimes it's at 10 o'clock, you know, maybe it's kind of scattered all the way around. But when I started to get more consistent, I started to realize that, you know, mentally, I feel refreshed physically. I can, I feel ready to perform every day. So that is like one of the first things that we kind of just help people in understanding is, you know, being consistent with sleep and the role of, of light, like how light impacts our go to bed. Right um it's it's incredible
0: and we just had on um well it's funny and not to keep shouting back uh, but if people want to listen we had we had nick Littlehales on i don't know if you know him he's he's a sleep coach out of the uk worked with like british cycling um and i think at the end of that episode he was talking just about how important light was and that's how that's one of the first places he starts when he's working with like new patients and athletes um but we also just had um a guy on by the name of jared who founded nature quant Uh, and what nature quant is seeking to do is help give people access to data, uh, as to the nature that exists around them, uh, both at like a macro level, like, Hey, where you live, like this is your access to nature and what they're trying to do. Part of what they're trying to do is demonstrate, Hey, by way of this access to nature, like, uh, you know, here's either the health risks that you might be more prone to due to lack of light, lack of clean air, lack of greenery, uh, or like, you know, uh, the reduced risk that you have to like, you know, congenitive heart failure or whatever it is because of like your access to nature. And one of the big contributors that we just talked about last week was light. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's already really cool to hear that, like for you, that's like at the forefront of your mind and one of the things that you're talking about specifically with regards to sleep.
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, I, it's funny. I just put up a, an Instagram post today talking about like the importance of like, like a uh, sunlight, right?
0: Yeah. I just saw it. Yeah. Just saw it. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's so funny. Cause like we take it for granted again. Like I, would have never thought about the importance of sunlight or sunlight even being important You mm-hmm. know, I about like two or three years ago. And again, for me, the aha moment was, you know, finding out about all the biochemical stuff and reactions that happen within the body. Um, you know, I spoke to like the circadian rhythm and the biological clock sunlight is one of the biggest and main like influencers of that, that biological clock to make sure that like certain things are being deposited and certain things are being excreted at the right yeah. Sunlight is like our way of understanding when is morning, when is midday, when is nighttime, which is kind of important because then it tells us, okay, morning sunlight, like I am going to start to produce a little bit more of like the wake up stress hormones. Things that are going to make me more attentive. And then yeah. day might give, might kind of fit within that same realm, but also maybe uh, aiding with like digestions of food. And then mm. like towards the evening time, then we kind of start talking about like that sunlight being a little bit more of a message for your body. To like, hey, like, uh, sleep time is up and coming. We just maybe start to produce a little bit more melatonin and a little bit less of the of the cortisol, the stress hormone. And so again, like, that's just like that's like low hanging fruit. We don't have to pay for the sun. Granted, maybe some people don't live in an area with a lot of sunlight, but you know, even if there's, it's a very cloudy day. Right. And there's like barely any sunlight in the, in the sky. Like there is still sunlight that is being able to be received by our body. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and then obviously on the other end of the spectrum is like artificial, light. artificial light has the ability to like really mess up our sleep and completely yeah. turn around that clock to think that, you know, even though it's nighttime, we're getting this, you know, uh, artificial light into our, our system. And it's like, Oh cool. It's morning time again. Let's wait. Right. Up. And so that and it's funny because that's usually like the um the culprit of um a lot of people having a hard time falling to sleep at night. You know, obviously it's it's screens,
0: old, old. Oh. TV, phone, just yeah. all yeah, right in front of your face. Yeah, it's it's a hard habit to break. Yeah. Um but no, that 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 makes a lot of sense and I'm I'm guilty of that. And that is one of the things personally, uh, you know, I've talked about in past episodes, but I've tried to cut out some of that light exposure. And I mean, that, that is one of the things that I personally notice makes like a real measurable, tangible difference for me, you know, not just in like, uh, you know, how long did I sleep? But like, man, how do I feel when I woke up? Yeah. Like if I, if I, if I read a book and stayed away from the TV or like didn't use my phone for like an hour, hour and a half before bed, like when I wake up, I'm like, I actually feel different than most mornings. Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy. We have to like tell people this, right? Cause it's like we evolved over like millions of years uh, and all of a sudden we just kind of forgot. But um, yeah, man, I I can speak to like how big of an impact that has.
2: For sure. 100% man. And so Yeah. I mean, I think maybe that's like, I mean, obviously we can go on for probably like a full hour about like sleep and the importance of sleep or whatnot, but it's kind of like the context that we usually like to look at sleep and and helping people maximize that portion of like their, their uh, life. Um, I guess the next pillar then we can look at is like nutrition. Right. And it's really just as simple as like what we are putting in our body, you know, is going to ultimately, you know, um, Decipher or decide like the type of adaptations that we're going to come out with. So, Hmm. for example, if we put processed foods in our body, like our body was not, we're not made to run off of, you know, from an optimal standpoint, from being the most attentive, for for being the best physically that we can be. I think
0: that's what everyone, like that. I think that's what I want, right? Like, I want to know whether in the gym, at work, with my family, like, how do I perform at the highest level? There's nothing more frustrating than performing below that or feeling (laughs) sluggish, especially if you're doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than feeling sluggish or like reaching for words that you know, you would normally come up with. Um, so I, anyways, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go
2: You're good. I mean, you, you, I mean, you hit it on the head though. I mean, that's, that's ultimately like what motivates myself and Natalie every single day. Mm. I cannot stand. And and again, this has been instilled in me from a young age. It's just, I didn't have um, the right tools, my tool set to be like, okay, no, I just have to master my sleep. Oh, then. Okay. I just have to master what I eat. Okay. Then I just, have, you know, going down the list of like the pillars. Right. But it's really as simple as that. I mean, if I put junk in my body, I am going to feel that I'm right. not going to feel my best. Like, you know, whether, even if it's just mentally me just getting in my own head and thinking, God, I'm fat. I'm um, you know, I'm overweight. I'm i I'm, I'm a slug. Like that is going to play a role in like how I ultimately, you know, feel and perform every single day. Right. So it's really kind of looking at food as fuel right? Like the food that I'm going to put in my body, one, I want them to be as whole as possible. And when we right. say that, it's like, when we look at the ingredient of the sweet potato, it's a sweet potato, right? Like there isn't, 20 different things that make up this one food that we're about to put in our body. So that is like where we try to get people to get, you know, closer and closer to every single day. Natalie actually handles a lot of like online nutrition coaching right now. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah. Which is perfect because I think she really resonates with that because of her own journey and the things that she's gone through. Um, And now she's kind of able to like share that with other people and like understand that it's not just, okay, you went from eating pizzas and McDonald's every day to like, no, you're greens and sweet potatoes every day now. Like that's not realistic. Would, would we love for people to go cold turkey like that? Yes. But like from a long-term perspective, that might not be the best approach for people.
0: Right. Hmm. And that's like such a drastic change. It's like you, you run the risk of losing folks along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just, you know, having people understand their relationship with food Right. And again, that's something that I had to come to terms with. I wasn't eating enough food. I mean, I was, I think I was eating upwards of like 1,800 calories a day. And I'm oh. a personal trainer and I am training, you know, eight clients a day or eight classes a day. Right. I'm working out twice a day. My clients, just training them is like a workout altogether in itself. So it's like, yeah, when, when I started to change my relationship with food and started to understand that, like, oh, no, I actually need to be eating like 3,500 calories my body, my physical body started to completely change. Like hmm. I've never had abs. I've never really wanted abs. I don't really care about it. I care about having a strong core and something that allows me to go and perform physically on the basketball court or any right. any other performance uh, factor. Um, but when I started to eat more food, it was weird. It was like, oh shit, I'm going <laughs> to get big and fat again. And right. like, oh, I just like muscled up. Everything in my body just got like stiffer, bigger, oh, thicker. Wow. Like, oh wow, like. I thought if I would have ate more, like, so again, it's just changing that relationship of how we view food and like how much food we actually think we need to eat, you know? Mm, Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's more than on the nutrition side, right? So just putting good whole foods in our body, right? Like our body was designed to do. Uh,
0: And one of the things and don't let me put words in your mouth. Make sure I'm understanding this right. I mean, and that is, would that, is that just like safe general recommendation? And people are listening, are like, yeah, of course, you idiot. Like he's just saying eat whole foods. But like, yeah. I feel like there's there's so much, um, I don't know what the word is, not not politicized, but like there's so many diets, so many fad diets. There's so many extreme versions of like eating. Um, and I I've always just kind of this kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like I found it's easier to make a positive change if it's something that is just uh, a little bit easier to subscribe to, yep. whereas yep. like a lot of these diets are so exclusionary, uh, that, you know, like it becomes hard to function in day-to-day life, but like telling people, Hey, look, like shoot for whole foods when mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. just seems to like, just seems like intuitively to make like good sense.
2: Yes. 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like, um, unless we have a community of friends that are very like-minded in the yeah. sense of- our approach to like nutrition and fitness and whatnot, like just lifestyle in general, it could be kind of challenging, man. Especially if you're like the, the, you know, the black sheep in your circle where like, maybe you don't drink every night, you know, maybe you don't have that, like, you know, the, the occasional beer when you go out Or, or maybe, you know, you, you don't really like eating at Buffalo wild wings, you know, on Fridays with your friends. Right. Like it's tough though, because, when we start to maybe like sacrifice and compromise that, then certain people feel like they have to compromise like their relationships with people.
0: Yeah, when you sh- don't want to be the guy who's bringing like a plastic bag full of like celery and peanut butter everywhere no, you go, know, no, and no, just no. pulling pulling that out at
2: uh, yeah. Applebee's. One hundred percent. I mean, no, no one wants to do that. But it's funny because Natalie, you know obviously Natalie is able to work in, in so much more depth and understanding with each client. Like, for example, they do a food sensitivity test. They do mm-hmm. they it when possible, when things are really not making sense, they'll start looking into like the microbiome and like, how is each individual's gut, you know, um, set up to work for itself right now? You know, just, is it working better with a certain, you know, is it not like legumes? Does it not like working with higher amounts of carbohydrates? Is it, you know, whatever the heck it may be, because there is a lot of individuality within, you know, with yeah. the individual that makes sense. But, you know, can we get people to one change their relationship with food and then to get to the point where it's like, no, it's okay. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to go eat pizza, right? Like with my buddies, but you know, maybe the pizza I eat, like maybe I'm only eating three slices instead of eight. Right. Or maybe I'm, you know, getting the gluten free, or maybe I'm just getting the, the vegetarian pizza, like just like small little things to kind of just show and, and prove to yourself that like, no, like I'm, I'm putting a concerted effort to want to just take baby steps towards like getting myself to like eating whole foods. Yeah. It's not, plausible all the time. I mean, the holidays just passed. Everyone knows like mashed potatoes. Come on, bro. White bread with butter. (laughs) I don't eat eat that nine months out of the year, 10 months out of the year. But like, if I show up to my girlfriend's, you know, family's house, like I'm going to eat, Like I'm just going to eat what they have, you know, and and not beat myself up for it, I guess.
0: No, that makes, that makes sense. Well, and, and one of the things that's interesting too, is like I said, you know, you work with high level athletes, um, you know, your team is like the durable athlete. And what I think is just so telling is that, and I don't know if like, maybe I'm putting too much into this, but like, you know, if you have four pillars, like the first two that you started with at n- n- no point were we talking about like lifting, squatting, running, you know, we started with like sleep, nutrition, yeah. and, and it's kind of, I think you said as much, you know, like getting yourself to when you show up. Like you're, you're starting with a high baseline, an area where you can like at least perform from and not like at a detriment, you know, with a bad night of sleep or a poor diet. Um, and I, I just think that in itself is such like an important lesson.
2: Right. 100%. 100%. It's like we kind of said, right? It's like we want to be able to use all of these methods to at least just show up every single day hmm. the morning or show up at our first, you know, work event every single day, like at a very high baseline, like functional. Yeah. Yeah. high level. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's obviously each one of these pillars, like I said, like we could go down a rabbit hole in terms of like, how can we like completely optimize and where the, all the little questions and things that we should be looking at you know, to kind of help people further their process and their journey and that specific pillar. Yeah. But these is obviously kind of some of the the common points, speaking points that we will have initially. And then over time, you know, the, the client's journey kind of dictates like where we go, like how we assess and how we analyze and go from there.
0: No, I love it. And I think, uh, you know, you use the term low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I would assume no matter who you are and in, in what walk of life, like everything that's been talked about so far, like would probably worth attempting to like integrate into your daily routine.
2: Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. So we did sleep. We did nutrition. Yep. Then we'll do breath now. So oh, I can't wait to get into this one. Yeah. This is something I want to talk to you about. Breath is, is, is funny. Cause I remember like, I still have my notebook. We're kind of just like sitting down trying to figure out, okay, what are the pillars? What's the name of this? What do we want to call this? What do we want to stand for? Breath uh, was kind of interchangeable with stress, the word stress, right? Ah. Like stress is a very general word. There's positive stress. There's negative stress, right? There's like, you know, uh, uh, just because one stressor, so for example, uh, let's just say a cold tub, right? I myself might look at a cold tub as like a very positive stress. I might respond to that. In a way that like allows for a positive adaptation over time to happen for me. Some people could look at that same cold tub, never been exposed to it, get in and actually have that as something where who knows, maybe they go into like a fucking, you know, they unfortunately, I hope they don't. But who knows? Maybe they have like a, you know, a heart attack. Maybe their heart stops. Right. Maybe they're just like, whoa, this is like out of this world. I cannot I cannot deal with this. So I think when we start talking about breath, it's really just teaching our body how to respond and not react.
1: Hmm. Right, Things
2: are going to happen throughout the day, right? Whether it be getting cut off when you're driving, whether it be uh, missing a Zoom call, whether it be five minutes late to a podcast, (laughs) you know, girlfriend wakes up and she wants you to cook pancakes, but I want to read. Like there's these little things that kind of happen throughout our day, right? That are either, you know, looked at in a positive light or a negative light, Hmm. right? And so I guess it's just kind of, you know, helping people understand that at any point, at any time, without purchasing anything, that we can access our breath to allow us to be a little bit more present, you know, in that specific moment, which then kind of gives us the keys to decide and have the most clear head as possible, Hmm. how we want to respond to a situation. Right. Can, can,
0: can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? Like, I, I think you said access your breath.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, um, again, I think breath is very similar to like sunlight and sleep and that like we take it for granted. Right. I mean, breath, yeah. we're constantly breathing. Right. Without breath. I mean, it sustains our life. I think that if we became mindful to it in certain situations, like for example, in a very stressful situation, a situation where maybe you get cut off and you almost get in an accident and you're very, and you're pissed off. Right. Right. If we took an internal look or if we had somebody filming or we had, you know, some things, you know, uh, some, e, uh, gosh, darn it. Like some, uh, EMGs kind of hooked up right in certain portions of your body. Like we might show like a heightened sense of activity of like heart rate and blood pressure. Mm and muscle activity, and like stress hormone response, like in our body, right? So it's like, um, becoming mindful to so that when situations happen, like, is our body just freaking out and going into overdrive and going into like stress mode, which is okay, sometimes like that is good right. when we're working out. It's good if a lion is like attacking us. It's good if we have to kind of like access a lot of energy very quickly and get our body to be as attentive as possible. But for example, if we're getting ready to go to bed at night and we get an email we don't like and that heightened sense of activity comes in, I mean then that that activity, that it issue had the up uh, or now uh, you know is influencing your sleep and then is influencing all the other things that are going without, within your body. So I guess from a very tangible standpoint, it's getting people to tap into when stressful situations happen accessing our breath and you know for us specifically when we say accessing our breath we try to get to closing our mouth right away and breathing in and out through our nose uh-huh. right there's very specific mechanisms that we can use uh, for example we have like what we call uh, uh and I, I learned this and I read this in the oxygen advantage by Patrick McCown um, Ooh, I'll have
0: to I'll have to read that
2: dude oh man that is like that is the book that put everything in perspective for, for me and like the big really? around breath. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll love that book. Um, he has
0: an advantage. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah. Oxygen advantage. Um, so he has a mechanism and they're called breathe light to breathe right. And it's hmm. basically just kind of teaching people to like slow. So instead of going like a hard inhale, like as hard as we can in terms of amplitude of like power of our breath, let's try to like ease like that inhale is like slowly as long as we can yeah slowly let that filter into our slow exhales rather than being like ah," it's being more like so subtle to the point where like you couldn't even tell i was breathing like if you were standing right next to me you almost would have a hard time hearing me inhale and exhale oh wow yeah. So one, that's very hard to do in a stressful situation. For example, if someone is training and you're getting done at the end of a set, just try doing that, right? Like try closing your mouth and going to your breath here. And it's very challenging. Like you, you have to be very intentional and, and I don't want to get too woo, but you have to really be as present as possible yeah. to, be able to get your body to control that regulation of your breath. You know what I mean? Because- well- I right
0: know. And what's interesting to me too is, um, you know, I mean with sleep, right? It's so crazy that it takes up roughly a third of our life, how little we know about it and how little people pay attention to it. Number one, that's crazy. Uh, but I do feel there's a, a growing awareness around sleep. I think the sunlight piece of it, right? Again, it should be such common sense. Yeah. I'm equally as guilty. I, I work remote right now and there'll be days where I'm like, oh shit, I didn't go outside once. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But this breath thing, I mean, it's, it's happening constantly, uh, automatically without like conscious thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so funny that like, it can be such an incredible resource to change literally like what's going on in your body physiologically. Yet I have to ask the question. It's like, well, what do you mean? How, how are you doing that? Like, how do you yeah. use your breath? Like it, it should be something that we like know how to access. Um, but for, yeah, to, to, we've taken it for granted. It's so overlooked as like, you know, a mechanism to change something as opposed to just this thing we do to kind of like get through the day.
2: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I guess that's that's like what we try to get people to do is like use your breath like for you, right? So that it works mm. for you. And it's not working against you. Yeah. And working against you could be the the quick, you know, the 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 shallow breathing, right? Like what some people would say, you know, chest breathing isn't isn't terrible right like we were designed there are muscles in our body that are designed to breathe in our lower half and up here in the thoracic and so like that's okay that we can use that area to breathe yeah predominantly chest breathing throughout our entire day and then ultimately in in you know throughout our entire life one we're not accessing we're not using muscles that were designed to breathe Hmm. within our diaphragm and within like the lower back region right like so one it's like never using your pec muscle or like never using your right or like never using your quad. Like that, that's not good. Like that wouldn't, you wouldn't
0: stand stand for it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That doesn't sound like it'd be a good thing. Yeah. also, right, like that that shallow breath also brings upon, like what you just said, it brings upon like a chemical reaction within our body that usually is not going to be beneficial for us. And from a long term wow. perspective, could we use some shallow breathing, you know, as a way to maybe like uh, like um, uh, hyper oxygenate our body and get us like ramped up and amped up before like a physical performance or before something that's, yeah, I guess physically demanding 100%. I think there's a context and there's a time for that. But for the most part, when we're just going throughout our day and we're kind of going through like our daily routine, if that is the way we are breathing, right, then it's like, ah, we're not maximizing our breath for one, but then we're also not maximizing like internally, what is being like actually released and what is being um, communicated in terms of like the environment that our body is is, is going through inside.
0: Yeah. How, um, and let me ask you this cause I know how. how are you on time? Are you, are you good to keep going or do you have another commitment? I want to be respectful. No, no, yeah. We're good.
2: We're good. We're good.
0: Um, how, how do you use, if you don't mind me asking, how, how do you use breath work? And maybe the question is, do you use breath work? I'm assuming the answer is yes, but how do you use breath work within like the context of actually training?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of different uh, ways that you can use it. I would say one from like the the very first thing I do in the morning after hydrating is like moving is like movement, right? Some type of mobility sequence, some type of, you know, whatever you would want to contextualize it and call it. Um, But it's a routine that I've been doing now for like the last three years. And for me personally, I know that um, you know after a long night's sleep. Again, I don't know if it's a long night of sleep. Could just be maybe my posture in the last hour or so when I watch TV before I go to bed, or it could just be you know my posture while I'm sleeping. But my lower half, right, my diaphragm and my like lower back specifically, has a hard time like expanding, right? So my lower half um naturally in the morning is not like up up to par and clicking, right? Some yeah. days yes, but like most often not. Is that so, like is that like tightness? I would I would kind of consider I would assume it has to do with some tightness. I would not be surprised because of like the way we set up. So usually at night for like the last hour, hour and a half I'll put my blue block blockers on and I'll just lie down on the couch and I'll just be completely slumped. I'm like, you know what, man, I spend all my day trying to be as mindful as possible as what I eat, how I'm moving, how I'm breathing, like the, you know, the, the vibe and the energy that I bring around everybody. Like I just give myself that hour sometimes to just be slumped. I don't care if I'm slouching. Yeah. Honestly, like I move throughout my day. I'm not in any pain. I can put my body through that stressor and know I can be okay with it. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's really just for me, like, just kind of slouching on the couch, just like lying down in like weird positions that ultimately, um, like while I'm sleeping, I wouldn't be surprised that like my body is probably not going into like a deep diaphragmatic breath and like fully expanding like everything without my body. So I would probably say it's that I could potentially just be training as well. Right. Like who Mm. knows, like some of the stuff like uh, resistance training, like um, obviously there's an aspect of like taking a full inhale and creating like that intra abdominal pressure to kind of help turn on like your core, right. And help like brace everything through your midline. Like yeah. it could potentially be like a byproduct of that, of like when I'm doing. So maybe some really heavy trap bar stuff or like some really heavy split stance lunges or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I would be surprised to say if it was one thing, I think it's just kind of like a culmination of a lot of different things. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: No, uh, no. And that's, that's a good point too. Right. And it, it kind of goes back to what you said before. It's like, can't just focus on like the one isolated area that might be affected. And that same thing goes for like, what's contributing to the issue, right? It's like, it's probably sure. the, the real answer is it's probably a multitude of a lot of things yeah. Yeah. over time that that come into play for sure.
2: 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry to, to answer your question of how I use it from a physical standpoint. Like uh, there's certain positions through that morning routine where I'll pause, I'll add like a little isometric contraction, and then I'll try to breathe into like those different areas of my body. So like hmm. lower back, diaphragm, upper thoracic, posterior thoracic, and then over time, I try to kind of go from like the ground up. So I'll oh, find. Wow. Almost like, um, like uh, you know, when people try to say, like, put your mind in, like, a certain portion of your body. Yeah. So, like, that is, like, a very big practice for me in the morning. Like that oh, is, wow. like, I think how I kind of allow myself to be as present as possible is because, like, there's, you can't be thinking of other things and, like, trying to breathe into some of those areas, right? Like, even though I've been doing it religiously, like, I can still find myself on days where I'm already thinking about the 10 emails that I need to respond to instead of. Yeah, like, for sure. Moment, right. And so that is like one aspect where I use breath It's almost like a restorative way. It's almost like a way to get my baseline right. up to mm. so As I continue to show up throughout my day, I know at least my breathing muscles and my body is at a really good uh, baseline. Well, it's, like, what's here,
0: cool too. Yeah. So I don't mean to interrupt, but you, you yeah. know, you mentioned mindfulness as well. Like that's kind of like, I don't even know this might be a term, but like, it's like active mindfulness. Like, yeah. you know, you're not sitting there meditating, but to your point, by focusing so acutely on like getting your breath to like one part of your body, there's not, there's not enough brain power to then all of a sudden be thinking about those 10 emails. So it's kind of, um, I hadn't heard of that, but that sounds like a really kind of cool way to start your day with like almost some form of mindfulness, but then also has all these other benefits too. 100%.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cause there, there's great people out there, right. That speak to uh, mindfulness and the power of mindfulness you know, different, different, um, techniques and, and kind of protocols that people will take them through. But I'm always a big fan of like breaking down to the principles of what people are trying to teach and Mm. mindfulness, right. Is all around, like trying to put your thoughts and your mind into like one thing, right. Into like one aspect and like completely visualizing and becoming one with that aspect. Yeah. Me, I kind of use it because you know, for me, I'm more of the sporting background, right? I'm more of the physical background. If somebody would told me three years ago, "Hey, sit in a cross-legged standpoint, and I want you to, who knows, you know, touch your nose, and I want you to like, with every inhale, like feel your nose with your finger," like, who knows? I don't know. I don't know if I would have resonated with that. Yeah. I don't know if I would have been in the right mental space for that. For me, I know that like working with athletes, right? Like the high-level athletes. Again, they might be in that same category where they're like, dude, I, don't turn off the lights and put me on my back and make me breathe. Like, So it's like if I could kind of mix in and use like physical movement as that bridge to mm. kind of help people understand things that they can access to op- ultimately optimize like their health and well-being, then dope. Like, how can I do that? And I yeah. think that's like where that practice like stemmed from, which was like, how can I bridge that? How can I bring mindfulness in without calling it mindfulness so that people don't get freaked out by it? You know, yeah way.
0: no but you're, you're absolutely right right because it does uh and i think it's breaking down but it has a stigma right uh yeah. meditation maybe more so mindfulness i feel like people are a little bit more like welcoming to yeah. um but no that's great and I, that's a perspective i hadn't heard before so that's awesome
2: yeah totally brother. um and then, and then obviously there's also aspects of like, okay, from like a work capacity day, I want your intensity to be super low, right? Like mm. I want to just have oxygen as the main source of energy that you're going to be utilizing. I also just want your body to get better, uh, get better at utilizing oxygen. We're not necessarily going to do that at always a high intensity of working out, right? So we're not going to always have a 2010, we're not always going to have a Tabata's work set that's going to be killing you, Right. A lot of times I love working in, in the beginning of programs and on, on certain off days where all the workout, the whole entire workout and very, very low intensity. So usually uh, body weight um, hmm. is breathing through your nose. And the second you feel like you're about to lose that, I want you just to stop moving. I just want you to sit there or I want you to lie there. I want you to kind of come back to your breath. I want you to come back to the breathe light, breathe right. Right. So hmm. kind of like, that, like slowing of inhale and exhale. And then get back into your exercise movement, right? Because oh, wow. we start talking about like recovery days, right? Like like active recovery days. Um,
0: yeah, which um, is something I would love to ask you about if we have time as
2: well. But. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think, I think the principle behind that, though, like active recovery, I mean, obviously that could be so many different things. That could be like a neurocharge day, right? Where like the speed and the intensive movement is fast and quick, but the amount of fatigue that is experienced is super, super low, right? Mm-hmm. Like there'll be oftentimes where we can do something like that. And then in between sets, right, as a rest, we're going straight to our nose and we're doing the breathe light, breathe right type of deal, or at least maybe a variation of it. Or, you and, know, and and
0: the reason for the breathing through the nose again, it's because right. it actually creates some other like I, I yeah, can physiological yeah. responses that you wouldn't get if you were just kind of breathing through your mouth or breathing through both.
2: That's a great question. So I'm gonna try to regurgitate this again from uh, oxygen advantage. From yeah, How? I can't
0: wait to read that. I'm I'm definitely gonna yeah. pick that up probably today. You're
2: gonna, you're gonna love that book. Anybody out there that reads that has not and wants to is gonna love that book. Awesome. Um, so so yeah, he speaks like the benefits of breathing through the nose, right? So like one. Our nose is like our first barrier in our, our first barrier of defense when we start talking about immune system. Right. right OK. So we're breathing into our nose, like our nostrils and certain things that we have within our nasal cavity are kind of there as like a detection for any ba- bacteria or viruses or whatnot. Right. Hmm. Um, and then second, the temperature of the air is actually at a more optimal temperature. Once the oxygen res- like is actually uh, uh, like inside of our body. Right. Oh, After- wow the nose as opposed to coming through the mouth yeah i think the word if i remember correctly is like it's like a little bit more humidified it's a little bit mm. more like warmer temperature compared to like breathing in through your mouth right how oh, interesting
0: um, well yeah and it's like to your point again Think of like there's a whole filtration system that it's getting run through yeah. compared to uh all those mouth breathers out there
2: yes 100 <laughs> percent. and there's something in there and again like this is like i've had a hard time because i almost kind of want to um Probably like devil's advocate a little bit, but he does have a, a spot in there where he starts to speak to if people are breathing through their nose, then chances are they're going to be breathing through their diaphragm. I don't know if it's like a direct correlation, and I don't mm. even know if he said it, there's a direct where if you breathe through your nose, you're going to breathe through your diaphragm. I don't think there's that specific connection, but I think he does state that where if we're able to use our nose, then our ability to access our diaphragm is going to be uh, is going to be easier facilitated compared to breathing through your mouth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he has a
2: whole reasoning behind that, um, but I will agree with him in the sense that like, yeah, I mean, when I breathe through my nose and who knows, I don't know if this is a byproduct of me just been doing it for so long, but I do have the tendency to breathe more through my diaphragm or yeah, use utilize my diaphragm and my lower half, which when you breathe through your nose. And then you start breathing through your diaphragm and you're moving your diaphragm, then you're able to start touching and stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the nerve mm. that helps kind of shift people into not oh, really parasympathetic, but like more parasympathetic, you know, yeah. that spectrum, which is great. Right. When we start talking about stress when we start talking about people always being in a go, go, go mode, if I can get you through your nose, right? Like sympathetic, which is like go, go, go parasympathetic, which is like rest and digest like that marker is just going to kind of like kind of inch its way slowly more parasympathetic as you continue to breathe and stimulate that vagus nerve through your diaphragm.
0: You just, Um, you just reminded me of a previous conversation where one of the recommendations um, it was the nutritionist for the giants uh, you, he was saying one of the best things you could do is like go, do some breathing exercises before you eat yeah uh kick yourself into that parasympathetic and like when you were saying that into that like digestion it just like a light bulb went off um so it's funny it's like all these conversations are coming back together okay, during this one yeah. <laughs> this one episode uh but that, that's, yeah that's that's so interesting
2: but that's, that's the great part, I think, you know, in, in terms of like the community that you're kind of reaching out for and, and, you know, asking questions and trying to, you know, pick their brains is like, you know, the last thing we want to be is dogmatic, right? Mm. Like that's the last thing I want to do is be dogmatic in my approach. So it's like, if we're all saying the same thing, maybe in our own little way, right? that is, that's, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? And like, win, Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I want to say maybe one other reason for the nose it had to do with like the amount of like oxygen, uh, uh, pressure in terms of like, if it's on the lower lobe of your oxygen or sorry, the lower lobe of your lung, as opposed to like the, uh, the, the upper lobe of your lung, like, um, the oxygen I believe is like able to diffuse the blood to go more towards like the lower lung, which like allows huh. your body to like, better, uh, um, uh, utilize oxygen. Oh, but wow. The big, big, big one is being able to balance the ratio between carbon dioxide and oxygen. So like, you know, when we exhale, that's carbon dioxide, right? Usually it's, 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 the byproduct, right. Of everything, all the processes that, uh, that utilize oxygen within our body. So it's like the waste, right? We're getting rid of it with the exhale. Yeah. Yeah. And Usually people are like they think they would think that like, no, exhale more, like get the get the waste out. But the bohr effect, which is like something from chemistry I definitely don't remember learning, but of course he has it in the book.
0: It's out there. Uh, you can look it up if you really care, folks.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, no. I read my chemistry, my organic chemistry book the other day. Speaking (laughs) of the Bohr effect, now, so um, the Bohr effect though has to kind of do with like oxygen and carbon dioxide, and how there has to be an optimal ratio of the two in order for uh, your tissues to actually be able to like receive the oxygen from the blood. So just because you like inhale a lot doesn't mean you're going to utilize that oxygen, right? Like there's a lot of different factors that play into that. For example, like the acidity of like, you know, like the pH of your blood, like if you're eating more processed foods, that's going to start to influence that, right? Mm. Or if you're a very shallow breather, that's going to influence your body to really not be able to utilize oxygen into different tissues, like muscle tissue, connective tissue, like brain Mm. tissue, like neuronal tissue, like there is – yeah, a big implication with like, if we can use our nose, that ratio between carbon dioxide and oxygen is going to be more optimal to where there's going to be a little bit more carbon dioxide in your body. But because of that, that's going to allow oxygen to diffuse into your tissues and like actually use oxygen, which is wow, dope. is Yeah. Dope because I'm, I'm, again, no one's ever told me that.
0: No, it's amazing. And it's, um, it's funny, like only in the last two years, like, so when I sleep, I mean, if people actually watch on YouTube, I've had my nose broken many times, some being punched in the face, some basketball. Um, but it's like, I, I had a lot of tough time breathing my nose, especially at night. So what I've really quick, easy fix, I use those breathe right strips and it keeps it open. And I, I mean, again, that, that was one of the, for me sleep wise, the biggest changes uh, in terms of waking up, feeling more restored. Because, I, you know, I, I could tell, like, my mouth wasn't dry. Like, I could tell I actually breathed through my nose at night. Um, and it's funny now, like, hearing you explain all these positive benefits, it, to me, I was like, well, I just need to breathe better at night. You know, my broken nose is preventing me from, like, breathing as well as I could. Yeah. But now it's like, well, there's probably all these other processes going on that I wasn't even aware of <laughs> that are allowing me to wake up feeling more restored. And, again, like, start the day with that higher baseline. So yeah. – yeah. um, yeah. Just, it's, it's so interesting. It's something again, like to your point, right? Like I didn't know that most people don't know that. Uh-huh. Um, but I think if they did, they would probably take the time to like breathe their nose a little bit more.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. And it's funny because, um, you know, usually like when we're doing or when I'm doing like recovery sessions with athletes or with anybody really in mm. like the whole, like underlying principle behind like a recovery day, it's going to look very different for, you know, different people in different parts of their journey. But like the big portion of it is to like push people into more parasympathetic, like chances are they're like sympathetically driven throughout their day. And so how can we just give them, even if it's an hour, how can we give them an hour of like parasympathetic dominant, like time and movement, right. Hmm. Or and breath, whatever it may be that we're doing. And so being able to go to the nose is like, the easiest way for us to kind of just be like one you can't talk when you when, when you're breathing through your nose so just like shut up right <laughs> just be quiet yeah. and two you you got to be present to that right like a lot of people have a hard time just breathing through their nose in general like just standing or sitting and it mm. could be different reasons but again it's if it's something you never really put a lot of intention to then it's it's not going to be as easy as we might think it it, it is you know
0: well, let me ask you this too. Like say uh say you're on the rower or you're a sprinter or you're doing something with like sustained effort and output. Um when you're like running, mm-hmm. does it also make sense to like what I've always heard, but like I'm not like it's tough to do is like breathe yeah. through your nose first and out through your mouth. Mm. Um A, I guess is that true or B like, you know, when you're actually doing like a high exertion activity, Uh, Does this kind of still hold true that you should breathe in through your nose first? Or like, does that start to break down at some point?
2: That's a great question. Cause I feel like, I feel like people could probably, um, justify, you know, A or B to be like, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. The Funny part is like, I think you've heard it probably plenty of times. Like it depends, right? Like it's right. It depends. The first aspect you brought up, which was like, okay, you're running, you know, do you want to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth? I would say that there is a benefit in that for sure. And that like, uh, like I spoke to um, like in the oxygen advantage, he speaks to like the humidification of air, right? So like if we're doing a constant, you know, activity, like a pretty dynamic activity, like running or rowing, like if we can breathe in through our nose, then chances are like that air and the oxygen that we're breathing in is, is going to hopefully be able to be utilized. Right. Um, but if the intensity starts to rise, then obviously like our nose is not as big as our mouth. Right, mm-hmm. like what we can breathe in total through our nose is not the same as our mouth. Our mouth can obviously p- pull in a lot more air per inhale, right? Yeah, so that is kind of where I would say, Great to use your nose, but if we're going to get into some high intensity work, chances are it's probably going to be very hard for you to keep that up. So, I would then for therefore say, like, I wouldn't even really preach the nose, I would just kind of say, Hey, like, get oxygen. <laughs> get oxygen in your body now. Granted, if there's little pockets or time where you kind of want to bring things down a little bit and try to just like slow your heart rate, slow your breath rate down, then for sure, you know, getting into your nose, a couple of little inhales and exhales there through the nose, like... I'm sure you, uh, people will feel like that's like that shift and that like quick change, you know, yeah. but it really just all kind of depends like on what the goal is for your training that day. Like, what is the goal of the training that day, but also like long-term, like what's the adaptation that we're shooting for?
0: Yeah. Well, and now my mind, the, my wheels are spinning, thinking about someone who does like a marathon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you yeah. know, again, I've never run a marathon, but I'm wondering, I should have, I'll ask the next person who's like a proficient marathoner, I'll ask him, but I'm yeah, curious yeah. now. Cause it's like, that's such like a long sustained activity yeah. where like small, small gains over time really might add up. Like, I wonder yeah. if there's, um, and maybe you, maybe, you know, but like, if there's thought behind that, it's like, Hey, look, like if you're getting a little bit more out of each breath over two hours, um, you know, like, I wonder if that adds up for them.
2: That's a great question. To be honest, I've only really worked with like one person who runs like long distance. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, though. I think that, if you know, if you're a high level athlete and you're part of like the one percent, you're looking to get better in any way you can. Yeah, eke out every thing.
0: small percentage
2: of 1,000%. <laughs> uh, even if you're not even incorporating it in your running days, even if it's just like as a standalone practice of mm. 15 minutes of outdoor walking, only breathing through your nose, then like I think that there's still a lot of merit and a lot of benefit that could come along with that. You yeah. I
0: mean? yeah. Sorry, I took us down a tangent. But no, uh, dude, dude, but no this, this is so interesting. Well, again, like... You know, we've been going at this like an hour, hour and ten minutes, uh, and we haven't even gotten to anything like movement related yet. Like you know, yeah. like those three principles. But I just love this concept because all three of those things are areas where people can start to take control of, just like throughout their day.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
0: like thinking about optimization and well being. Like it. Like to your point when you were training those clients and even if you had them seven days a week, you know, and your girlfriend said, hey, look, like they're not getting the results that they should be or you're not taking yeah. them where they are. It's like these three areas are things that you can start to control, like outside the gym all yep. throughout the day, which I, I think hopefully for people, uh, it, for me, it, like it, it kind of feels empowering. It's like, look, there's things I can kind of be doing all throughout the day. They're going to make me better in the gym, but also that like I can be working on at any point throughout the day. 100%.
2: And that, and that's like the, the big, you know, um, message that we try to get across to clients and to just people, you know, audiences on social media or whatnot, or anybody across is like, Hey, a lot of this stuff, like you don't need anything. You don't need to go buy something. You don't, there isn't like this extra thing that you got to get in order to do this. It's like, no, you can like make these changes just for yourself without anything with, to, to assist. Yeah. Yeah. These are things that you can do that are ultimately just going to help you feel better. So you can go and do whatever the heck it is that you do on a daily basis, but at a like completely different, you know, level at a higher level. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And again, like you said, like we haven't even really talked about the movement stuff, which is obviously like a lot of inspiration, right. And a lot of like our background comes from like the movement aspect. Like I think that that was like the foundation. That was like the start of, of going down this health and wellness route. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, even then, like, right, we're really big on body weight movement, right? And being able to just master your own body first, be able to articulate and move your joints and your body, you know, to the best of your ability. And of course, best of your ability is going to look different for every single person, depending upon what they do on a daily basis, or maybe what they feel inside their body on a daily basis. But if we can't do that at a very high level, or at least at at a solid baseline, that everything else that we do with external weight or external load, like mm. I would argue that maybe it's not, you're not maximizing your time there, whether it's how you feel after or whether it's the numbers that you're putting up or the capacity at which you're able you know, to, to keep up that work rate. um, Yeah. That's, that's kind of like, I guess in, in a nutshell as well, kind of like our stance like on the movement aspect, right. Is, you know, you, you don't need an hour in the gym you don't need an hour of, of, of kickboxing or high-intensity exercise, right? It's all really about, you know, a big part of it is like steps. So we're really, really big on ten to 15,000 steps a day. Oh, right.
0: it's, okay. yeah. Can we dive into that a little yeah. bit? Because that's, yeah. that's the yeah. first time I've really heard that. Yeah. What What, what is the reason that uh, that number, that range is kind of so important for folks?
2: Yeah. So I think that, that number is a really good estimate for just like, the amount of movement that us as humans should be accessing on a daily basis Hmm. from a health perspective. And this is just like... To make sure that, you know, energy and dead cells don't get stagnant in one area and they're actually able to move with oxygen and blood throughout your body. This is to make sure that, you know, after, you know, or as you're eating throughout your day, that you're walking and you're utilizing like glucose and your body and your tissues are actually like taking that energy from your blood. Hmm. When we walk, we create like this cycle of of fluid, not just like with oxygen and blood, but also with like lymph. Right. Like the lymph nodes and like lymph fluid, which is ultimately like our body's like recycle system, like taking out dead cells and throwing them out. Hmm. I don't want to get too deep on it, but like I would believe that many, not all, but many autoimmune disorders or diseases that people are, are experiencing are because of like this lack of fluid movement throughout our body. And yeah, movement can happen with us like physically moving. It could happen with vibration therapy. There also could be like, you know, like people who uh, love jumping like on trampolines, but it's got to involve some sort of like movement. There's got to be some way to be able to move materials from one area to the next area of your body. You know what I mean? Huh. That's
0: another one where I just like I'm having an epiphany. Um, That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking too, uh, I'll I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. My, uh, my, my father passed away a few years ago, but in like his later years, and there's a bunch of health complications, but one of the things, uh, uh, you know, he he, ate a lot of fluid, right? A lot of Mm -hmm. swelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like kind of a snowball effect, like he also stopped moving, like, you know, Mm -hmm. he became very sedentary and then the problem complicated, um, so I'm thinking about a very extreme example of what that looks like, but I'm also just kind of thinking about, uh, you know, someone like myself, like I consider myself active, right. And I make sure to like, I, I go to the basement and I use our home gym and I do that. Yeah. But then there's days where like, I'm just stuck in front of the computer the whole day. Right. And I'm like, man, did I, did I get anywhere near 10,000 or 15,000 steps? And, um, again, there could be a lot of other, I don't want to like say that that was the only reason, but like, there's some mm-hmm. days where I'm definitely retaining a lot of water maybe it's what i ate maybe it's the humidity but i'm just like swollen you can see it in my face i can feel it i can't get my wedding ring off yep, yep. and now i'm kind of like looking back being like man like is that, has that been in any way related to times where i'm not active or yeah. I've been really sedentary. And so maybe I'll kick it to you. Like, yeah. are those some of the byproducts? Am I, am I putting too much in what you said?
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say, you know, the candy ass answer again is like, it could be, could be but right. I, right. right, For 100%, sure. Like, like, does it have the ability to influence that? 1000% 100%.
1: Mm.
2: Um, you know, obviously like, It's tough to say it just like anything else, right? Like it's one thing. Like I believe that a lot of things are ultimately like- It's like, yep.
0: Yeah, you're lazy. You're lazy and you're getting swollen. Nailed it. Move (laughs) on, next topic.
2: (laughs) But but it could also just be like, maybe you you have been sweating. Maybe you worked out really, really hard for the last three or four days and you've done a great job of drinking water, but maybe you're not getting enough minerals in. Right. Like maybe mm. just, the foods, you know, maybe the foods you're just eating usually have very high minerals, but maybe the last couple of days they just haven't been right. Or yeah. just didn't sleep very well the last couple of nights. You know, it like it could be so many different things that ultimately add up into like a stagnation of, of, of energy. And it's funny, like even if we wanted to break it down even more, I would say that are all four of our all four of our pillars like. Those call, those call to actions, right, those those things that we want people to kind of start to implement, those things have the ability to get stagnant energy moving, get moving, right? Like, that's ultimately, like, I think, in my opinion, this is just simply my opinion, that, like, a lot of what uh, the sicknesses and what people are experiencing, not just, you know, this year because of COVID, but, like, sure. with everything in general, you know, auto, autoimmune disorders, I think a lot of it could really just be... um I hate using the word "fixed," but there, there's another word I could use besides "fixed." A lot of these things could be resolved if they people just simply took a little bit more mindfulness into like their daily lifestyle and their daily habits, which are usually around how do you sleep, how do you eat, what's your daily stress like, and how often are you moving? Yeah. We can just put a little bit more into each one of those four chances are like our health and like what you had said, the, those weird days of maybe it's, Oh, I can't get my, you know, weathering off. I feel swollen or damn. I just can't concentrate today. Like the words are just not in my mouth. Yeah. today. I can live two twenty five. Why can't I live two twenty five today? Like what the hell is the deal? Like mm. chances are, it's not that one thing. It's not something within that area that is giving you that issue. It's usually something else that you did hours before days before or haven't done. That's leading you to that, uh, crossroad, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Well, and
0: what's so cool about all this too. And why I think uh, people are really going to enjoy this conversation is um it's like things, again, things that we take for granted, but something like going for a walk, like typically when I hear steps, right. I've always thought like, there's no, I don't need to track my steps. Like I'm super right. active. I lift, I do plows. I do all the shit. Like yeah. that's not me. Right. I'm not like, you know, I imagine like the Midwestern mom, hitting the track with her girlfriend, you know what I mean? And counting steps. Like that's what I see in my head. But like the way you described it, it's like, Hey, there's, there's benefits about drainage moving uh, stagnant energy. I think is the way you put it. Um, That actually makes me be like, man, I think my phone can count steps. Like I want to turn that on. And like, it's cool because it's kind of like, it's, it's folk forcing me. And I imagine listeners to look at some of these things that we do every day from a new perspective and to like why they matter so much. Yeah. Can, can, could you talk a little bit about uh, what you mean when you say stagnant energy? And I know we could probably go for another three hours.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm
0: probably going to have to have you back on the show.
1: But okay. but, sure.
0: but um, could could you talk a little bit about what you mean about stagnant energy? Because I feel like that is probably really important. Like you said, it, that's kind of what all four of these things are getting at.
2: Yeah, definitely. So if our body is uh, functioning in the way that we would like, and uh, like a human body was designed to function, right, there is like the turnover of cells consistently, right? Like new cells are coming, new cells are dying. And it's happening. To be honest, I don't even really want to give a number or a date with that, but I will go as far as to say it, at least on a daily basis, there is that happening. I'm sure a scientist could probably come on and say every like seven minutes or every like so often yeah. there this recycling someone
0: then, will send me a nasty email and then I'll I'll share it with everyone please, I mean, you
2: know when I want to go out <laughs> the limits I remember it saying like every four minutes I don't know about every cell but there is this process of it's like constant yeah, constant right and so in an ideal world those dead cells eventually get excreted throughout our body like whether it be you know through our feces or through just like um uh, uh, sweat, or whatever the heck it may be, right? There's different ways that our body can kind of get rid of these these different uh, dead cells, right? Mm. So when those dead cells don't leave your body, right, because they're not getting recycled out, because they're not going through that whole that fluid system, then what ends up happening is they literally just sit there. And so let's just say, for example, our kidneys, okay? So our kidneys are an organ, our kidneys are made up of tissues, and tissues are made up of cells. So everything is like, a cell and at some way our hair everything is like made up of just the smallest thing which is like a cell yeah. and so those cells those dead cells don't leave they literally will just sit within that space and hmm. those dead cells you it's like having a, a, a messed up or rotting uh for example we just bought a home we had <laughs> we found some uh, some uh walls within our restroom area that had like termite and yeah. like uh, water damage right yeah like, that is not good you right. like if you're breathing that in or eventually like there could be things that are going to be catastrophic and it's the same thing with our body right it's like if we're just leaving these dead areas within our organs right or within different portions of our body that is usually like where we start seeing these sicknesses and these ailments. I mean, cancer is ultimately, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a specialist, but from my elementary understanding, cancer is really like the reproduction, right, of like uh, uh, mal cells, of cells that are not good, yeah. or buildup of dead and like mal cells. And so if we don't ask those things to move, right, through our daily lifestyle and daily habits, and those things just sit there that's going to lead to sickness. That's going right. to lead to feeling some type of way that is not going to be positive in, in any manner. Hmm. Um, I tried to keep that as general as possible. And again, no, it's great. That's all That's I all I need
0: to know. I don't need to go any deeper. Yeah. I'm all okay. surface. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. one thing listeners know is uh, I'm all surface here over at the uh, like that. like
1: that.
0: <laughs> No, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, maybe, maybe, um, we can end on this. Um, And then I want to talk a little bit about how, how folks can uh, get in touch with you, follow what you're doing and and hopefully interact with what you guys are doing with a durable athlete. Um, But I'd just be interested to know, like, you know, for you kind of, what is your process to continue to like evolve and innovate and take in new, new information? Um, Because like you said, right, you were at UT, but you realize like you were getting access to like, you know, there, there, there's not a higher level of athlete than what you were able to work with. Yeah. And the hands-on experience you were getting was so valuable. Um, you know, As you continue to kind of like go on this, uh, your own professional journey, like what, what is your process for like continuing to like adapt?
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a great question, man. Um, man, I feel like it's really just like a daily, it's a daily battle, right? Like every single day is gonna present its own battle. I try to be consistent with my morning routine. Right? Okay. I know I've been harped on by a lot of different people over the, the past couple of years on like morning routines and evening routines. But I mean, yeah, my morning routine is very important to me.
0: Oh, usually, we, maybe we can talk about that too, if you don't mind Sharon. Yeah.
2: yeah. So that morning routine usually has to do with hydration. It has some type of movement, whether it's walking outside or doing some movement here. Um, and it has to do with breath. Again, whether the breath is outside or whether it's in, in a movement practice and then reading. Um, I'm really, really big on just trying to just keep myself. Like, it doesn't have to be a book every day. It doesn't have to be a book every month, but just some sort of education. Whether it's you know, again, reading a. Uh, I subscribe to uh, Chris Beardsley uh, Strength and Conditioning uh, Research Reviews. Oh, cool!
0: Were, I'll check that out. I
2: wasn't familiar. Super cool, bro. Super, super cool. Like, okay, it's maybe like ten or fifteen studies each month, and just kind of gives out like the basis and understanding of like what they're trying to prove oh wow uh, just like a very general understanding like if the thing is talking about eccentric training it'll give some results from past uh, um, uh, experiments where it speaks to like well this is what eccentric training does to this this oh this.
0: wow that's amazing
2: yeah it's super digestible I, I love that so whether it's that, or whether it's just like a new book that I find online, or whether it's even just listening to a podcast, to be honest. I just want to make sure that like the process doesn't stop. And again, just like anything else that we preach, right? Like we don't have to go full throttle, like three hours. I'm going to read a book today, right? I'm more of the type where it's like, no, if I can just consistently show up to this every single day, then I feel way more comfortable with that. Because over time I feel like, you know, it's just... I don't know. My body craves consistency. Maybe I've just done it for so long now that like whenever I get out of that routine, I just kind of feel like, uh, okay, like I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll deal with it. I won't let it affect me and bug me mentally, but I just know that I'm at my best when I can do that.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, it's awesome. And like, how, how long does your morning routine usually take you? Cause I think, uh, and, you know, the world's a little bit different this last year, but like what yeah. most people would say is like, Hey, look, I would, I would love to do that. I would love to have a walk in the morning. I would love to do this. But the reality is like, I got to hit the road because I got to get to the train at X or yeah. I got to yeah. get the kids ready to school. So I, I'm always interested to hear like for you, like how, how long does your morning routine typically take?
2: Usually about like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, like that's, that's me forcing myself to wake up a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and that's me forcing myself like not to rush through it. That's me forcing myself, like, hey, like you're already gonna be go 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 throughout your day. Like, just shut your mind up, which is tough. It's very tough to do, at least for me. Yeah, like, shut your mind up and just be present for these, like, you know, for this 30 or 45 minute window, whatever time window that I have that morning. Um, usually reading is like 10 to 15 minutes. Stretching is usually about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. And then after that, it's just kind of like, okay, if I can, I'll take the dog outside and go for a walk. That would be ideal. Read, move. And obviously hydration is within that, but then getting outside, you know, right away, getting into some sun. And then usually it's like, man, I've, you know, I don't know how many steps I don't really track my steps. I know that like I usually walk enough, but like. I got outside. I got sunlight. I moved. I read. So I kind of, you know, fulfilled my mind. I did. I had somewhat of a mindfulness and a meditation practice. And I'm not even an hour into my day. Yeah, but that makes me feel like, other than just being able to look at that on the list and be like, cool, like I'm doing something today, like mentally that just like revitalizes me. It gives me energy and to go into every session because there's no way as a trainer and anybody, you know, like a therapist or, or any sort of coach, like there's no way we can show up and fill other people's cups up when we're like halfway. Yeah. There's just no way we can do that. You know what I mean? And maybe you can do it one time a day, maybe twice a day and get away with it. But if you got like five or six clients a day, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. people, you're not going to show up as like the best version of yourself. And to be honest, I just can't stand that. And I think Natalie is in the same boat that like, just can't stand half ass. I just don't want to be half ass. You know what I mean? There's no worse feeling than feeling like half ass. Yeah.
0: It's, I, yeah, you said a couple of really great things there, but I I completely agree. I mean, my biggest point of frustration and and one of the driving forces for starting the show was like, yeah, feeling like you're showing up half ass somewhere, you know,
2: Or like I
0: I hate feeling sluggish. I mean, it it, it actually makes me upset because I also, you know, when I'm not doing this, I try to make a little money so my family can eat uh, (laughs) and I do sales. And so like, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm usually talking and in some capacity, like I have to be sharp. And so when I feel like slow mentally or physically, like I really notice it now and maybe I'm also getting older. Uh, but yeah, man. So I'm always looking like, is there anything I can do? And I think a lot of the stuff we talked about today is stuff. I'm really going to try and incorporate yeah. to make sure that like more often than not, I'm showing up with a higher baseline. Yeah. I'm not showing up half assed I'm giving myself a fighting chance that day yeah. to kind of like, you know, be my best self. Uh, and not, I don't mean that in like the, the cheesy self-help way. I mean like literally yeah. perform at my highest level mentally, yeah. physically, etc. Yeah. Um, no, so man, dude, this, this is, this is fantastic for, for people who, um, we talked about your Instagram profile a little bit, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I was creeping on today, uh, mm-hmm. for people who want to follow along and get in touch, you know, what, is, what is the best way to do that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so like you said, we got the Instagram page. Uh, mine is just my name, christian.posencia. My girlfriend, uh, is Natalie.higby. Um, we usually try to post, you know, at least one thing every single day on, on that platform. Um, and then we also have the durable athlete website website, sorry, which is just durableathlete.com. Um, mm. uh, and then about two months ago, uh, we released our durable athlete app awesome. and so very interesting, right? It's like, okay, we have a, we have a fitness background. We love to work out. We train people on a, on a consistent basis. You know, Natalie works with people in, on a, a nutrition consulting basis, right? So it's kind of like, uh, how do we like turn this into an app? Because it's so like, everything is so individualized sometimes, right? Mm. Like the answer is usually like, it depends, like, sure, it might work. It just kind of depends. So it's like, how do you make something that's kind of for scale, but at the same time, not lose the integrity of like the message that we're trying to get across? And I feel like right now we've done a good job up until this point point in just creating a library of, OK, we have a daily, you know, a daily mobility workout that people can access. And it's literally a a new, unique workout every single day of the year. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. It's like my programming and Natalie's like programming time is kind of increased a little bit, but it's great because like. You know, it's, it's fresh. Like every single day, if people are showing up to that routine, they're going to see something new, maybe a movement they've done like in the past month or whatnot, but in a different context and a different light, which provides a completely different experience for people.
0: Well, and I Um, think too, you know, like, as I think about the folks listening, a lot of this stuff, you know, you hear this and you're like, oh my God, this sounds awesome. But then when you're like, you're like, all right, I'm going to start, I'm going to do movement in the morning. You're kind of like, you're like, what do I, what do I start with? Maybe (laughs) some downward dog. I yeah. think. And right. now I'm, yeah. trying. now I'm trying to stretch. I don't know. So that's awesome to hear. Um, and I think the other thing that I like about that too, that you said is uh, it's different every day. Like, I, I think yeah. it's important to have like something that you're excited to try and like continue yeah. to learn. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have to imagine that's really appealing to the folks who are using it as well.
2: 100%, 100%. And, and you know, right now it just has, you know, has some of our breathwork videos, you know, which obviously we speak to like the breathe light, breathe, right. Oh, very cool. We have some of that stuff in there. We have the foam rolling aspect. We have, you know, the, the, the um sorry like the routines of just like a full follow along of like a 10 minute mobility routine oh very cool some really cool stuff called uh, titled the durable professional which is basically like a 3 to 5 minute follow along video at a desk whether it's seated mm. or standing and it's just there as a way to kind of show people that like again you don't need to go to a gym you don't need to put your yoga clothes on. Like you can literally, like I literally turn from my desk and I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do here for three minutes. And you're going to feel better. Just follow me. Um, so yeah, we're, we have kind of like a wide variety of content, everything from just like working out to everything to just like feeling better, like just yeah. up and moving your body in a certain way to just help you feel mentally and physically better. And I think that is, going to be the foundation for our app going forward is it's not necessarily going to be, you know, titled or, or advertised as like the best workout app in the world. There's resources on there where there's not just the mobility workout, but there's like a fitness workout of the day. Like we have that on there as an offering, but I think where people are hopefully going to resonate with us and come to us, you know, uh, for is going to be for, Hey, I'm just like What do I do for the shoulder stuff? What do I do for like my neck? What do I do for my back? What, like, how do I just, like, I want my hips to not hurt when I squat. Like, what do I do? And I think that's kind of like the market. And like, that's kind of like what we're going to start to speak to a little bit more, which is like, how do I just get to a better baseline to just go do everything else that you want to do?
0: Yeah man well and you know it's like you said too like everything really is cumulative right so wh- whatever the stressors are in your life like you know for me for whatever reason like my lower back has been like the thing that like has just nagged me ever since like i played which gotcha. I was- Quite a while ago. Uh, Right. But it's like you kind of just like learn to live with that. But like, you know, I'm probably not uh, thinking about all the ways that that continual like stress or pain is like bleeding into all these other like little micro aggravations that I like encounter over the course of the day. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, helping people start to address some of these things and giving them the tools and the resources like you said, it doesn't have to be the gym. It could be breath work. It could be hitting your steps. It could be, you know, sleeping better. And then hopefully like kind of all ships start to rise with the tide as you start to at least make like some, some, you know, uh addressments at all of these different like uh pillars mm-hmm. so that like, you know, everything kind of starts to like all level up.
2: Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You hit it on the head right there, bro. I love that.
0: Awesome. Well, dude, this has been amazing. We didn't even get to nine out of my 10 questions. Uh, This is, this was so good though. So uh, definitely if you're up for it, man, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Um, Super inspiring. And hopefully people will get a lot out of this one. And like I said, I'm going to point them to the app, the website. They can also follow you on Instagram for all that as well. So yeah.
2: Love you. Thank you so much, Ken. Happy new year to you, man. And, And obviously happy new year to everybody out there that's, that's listening and watching as well.
0: Yeah, you got it, man. Likewise. You better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> where to begin? Should we begin with our current goals and where we're where we're tracking four days in?
3: Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm yeah, tired at the moment.
3: I feel great. <coughs> I'm coughing. I'm probably sick, <laughs> but I feel
0: great <laughs> otherwise. Like, uh, he sounds exhausted, <laughs> and you're coughing. And you sound horrible. Sounds <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's going really well. Give us a quick update, or give the listeners an update, kind of what we're doing so far.
3: Uh, so the most important thing we're doing, or at least that I'm doing is cutting out dairy. Yeah. You're all about cutting out dairy. Do we talked about that on episode? Uh, I think on the last 42 episode we did. With the goals? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Or was that? Okay. So yeah, that's a big one. It's a little harder. I don't even realize all the ways I eat dairy every day.
3: Dairy's in everything. In the grocery store, I was like yeah. so limited to what, I mean, I still, I bought like three gallons of milk because the baby is now switching to milk, but yeah. like there's- I can't eat anything anymore.
0: I know. All my favorite snacks are dairy. Yeah. Baby Bella's. Yep. Uh, yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate. Throw a little cheese on everything. Yep. <sighs> I, have to have, I have to have my granola and my cereal with oat milk now. That's okay. I actually don't mind that.
3: That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. okay.
0: Dairy's a big one. We're also actually nice. Little segue eating only Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. We are trying to cut out anything that's processed this month.
3: Yeah, nothing in a box.
0: All so hard. So hard. Yeah, I mean, like, to be, like, really... To
3: snack, especially.
0: Crazy strict about it. That's where I'm having trouble is the snacking. Yeah. Like, I, I take for granted how many times I go for a quick snack and I grab, like, a Cliff Bar. I know, and
3: how many times can you have hummus and carrots?
0: Yeah, well, we're about to find out. Probably about 30 days worth. Probably yeah. about 30 times. <laughs> how many How many days are in January? 31? 30? 31
3: days, is Actually, I don't know. I have no clue.
0: Can I tell you a secret? Yes. And the listeners a secret? Sure. I hmm, did not know my months probably <laughs> until I was like 20.
3: Wait, what? Yeah. No, <laughs> what? like I had
0: a real problem with March, April, May. Wait, you didn't know what order the came? I don't know why, but like at some point in my early <laughs> adolescence, it got ingrained in my head that April came after February.
3: Oh no. So I
0: could never confidently, and it's been, it's been like twisted in my head. It's still, it's kind of hard. I always have to think twice. I don't know if you, I guess I said it out loud actually. Yeah. But like that, that's like so deeply ingrained.
3: Yeah. The things that we learn when we're like a certain age group, it's like around 10 that you just remember forever.
0: Having a tough time shaking it. Yeah. I definitely would have not been accepted.
3: How'd they, they yeah, know? Yeah, yeah.
0: They're like, you get your months mixed up. I'm like, yeah, they're they it's are hard. tricky. There's like twelve of them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, so eating Whole Foods, I think that's gonna be great. We've also we've been hitting we've been hitting it in the gym. Yes. We've been consistent, which is good. Have you gotten every day?
3: I no, I didn't get the Well, you thirst. were sick.
0: You were sick, like legitimately, yeah, not I was, even like, hung over sick. You were sick on New Year's Eve.
3: Yeah. It's that, horrible.
0: That was tough. But every other day, yeah, we have we've been sticking to it.
3: We sure have.
0: What I will say though is there are. It's oh, only
3: the third, but <laughs> so two out of the three days we've no, done it's, it. it. It's the fourth. It's the third. Is it? Yeah.
0: Oh jeez, that makes it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, those have been a long three days. Yeah. Um, but there's so many opportunities to not stick to it.
3: Oh yeah. For and sure. I feel
0: like this time we are very aligned. We're doing it together.
3: I know. Like today, it was not going to work aligned. out. Yeah. And you were like. Nudging me a little bit.
0: See, and I have to tread lightly with the nudging. I know, I know, I know, because I'm sensitive. <laughs> Depending on where you're at, that could be interpreted in one of two ways. It's, hey, he's being really supportive. He's holding me accountable. I know. Or it's, oh, you think I need to work out today?
1: <laughs> no, but this is what exactly, we're on a journey together. What exactly
0: about my body should I work out today? What exactly do you have a problem with?
3: It's like, okay, well, you know what? I always know the answer to that question. Scratch
0: the workout. Uh, No, we're holding each other accountable. Yeah. This is going to be good. I already feel better. Yeah. Like, I think. You look better, honestly. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I feel feel better. Compliment taken. Uh, Okay, but that actually segues well. Eat Whole Foods. We talked about that within the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christian's great, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, I mean, really, I had so many things written down, and everything that we talked about. I, I, you know, I wanted to ask him about that, but I mean, like, there's so many other things that he's doing that are really cool, or that I've seen him talk about, or that he's like, you know, written about. Um, so we'll definitely have to have him back because they're doing some really cool stuff there. But what I loved. You know, and again, he, he really does work with like top tier athletes. I think he works, mm-hmm. you know, like, like most people who have a business with people all across the spectrum, which is awesome. Um, you know, but like the principles that he's trying to bring more mainstream or a lot of things that were born out of working with these really high level athletes. And it's like, look, these are things that are great for high level athletes. And these are things that are great for just trying to be a better human being.
3: Aligns perfectly
0: lines perfectly. Uh, so eat whole foods. Like I said in the podcast, the fact that like, I think the the first two pillars that we talked about was sleep and wasn't nutrition,
3: nutrition. Yeah.
0: And then breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, sleep, we've talked about this. We've had a lot of sleep, uh, specialists Mm -hmm. on the show, but I think this is just another important perspective that he offered as to why sleep is so important. Um, it's like, you know, you want to start your day off on the best foot, but like quite literally, like you want to raise your baseline, uh-huh. whether your goal is like work, relationship, fitness, whatever. It's like you don't want to start with like a low baseline. You don't want to come in like groggy, not feeling well, not not able to perform optimally. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever you're going after, it's like at least give yourself like the best fighting chance to like do whatever you're trying to do successfully.
3: yeah, it's crazy to think. You guys talked about this in the show, but it's crazy to think that you spend a third of your life sleeping, but then his other pillar yeah. is breathing and you spend all of your life breathing. Isn't that nuts? And you don't think about like how you're supposed to be doing it to like do it optimally. Yeah. is optimally a word. That's a word, right? It
0: is now. <laughs> as long as as long as no one Googles it while they're listening. Well, when I was
3: listening to this, I was trying to breathe through my nose like yeah. and make an effort to do it. And it like tired me out.
0: Yeah, it, it is hard. So I've I've been a little bit more conscious of this because I went to that bre- that breath coach through that men's health thing that I did. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Eight years ago? Seven years ago? Six years Eight ago? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. We'll have to try and dig that up. Yeah. Um, seven years ago. Yeah, probably seven years yeah. ago. And I learned about it there. But I remember like having the same epiphany then. Yeah. Being like, I'm breathing wrong. Yeah. Or like there's a better way to do this. Or like in certain situations, like the way I typically like naturally breathe is probably not helping me out. It's probably hurting me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've made a like a conscious effort to breathe through my nose for a long time. But yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'm going to read this book and uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll even try and get this guy on the show. Um, but like I've done like breathing exercises. Like you, uh, you know, pun intended. You legitimately are winded. Like you get yeah, tired. Yeah, I remember you
3: saying that after you did that um, thing with that breath work woman.
0: Yeah, it's crazy though. I mean, like literally, like you get to a point where you're like exhausted. You're like, I don't think I can breathe this way anymore.
3: Yeah. Um, and it just goes
0: to show it's like, wow, this is something that we just kind of, you know, we take for granted and this is something that we should be training. Yeah, like it's from. another way
3: to train your body. It's yeah. crazy.
0: Um, but what was interesting to me too was that he said for them when they were thinking about these pillars – stress and breath kind of occupied the same pillar. Yeah. Right? And it's interesting. Like, I feel like that's a good insight too. It's like, look, stress is such a part of our life, whether we like it or not. Some good, some bad. It helps you grow. Mm -hmm. If you use it correctly, if you let it dominate you all the time, uh, you know, it starts to break you down. Um, But just like the thought that like, if I'm feeling stressed, like the first thing that we could do is like just try and like check the way you're breathing, like change the way you're breathing. It's
3: that's like when... when our oldest is upset. You're like, breathe, take a breath, breathe yeah. deep. And it's like, yeah, I, helpful, I, it calms you down. Yeah, it's supposed to. And it was
0: cool to hear his perspective as to like, why, you know, mm-hmm. like he said, he's like, look, we, we could dive into this topic for an hour. He was just trying to give us like kind of high level.
3: Yeah, he was so knowledgeable.
0: Here's the crash course on like big things that people can take away and hopefully start implementing. What I also loved, right, is that. None of this was like, go out and buy this product. None of this was like, go out and take this course. Um, Mm -hmm. It was like, Hey, these are things that like you can control without going out to like buy or sign up for anything. Yeah. You can start to try and change the way you breathe.
3: And you can do it and they can do it right now. Yeah. They can start it right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hope people who are listening are are trying to like breathe through their nose and like fill what's crazy too is like, you know, I, I had just gotten done playing when I went to go see this breath work coach mm-hmm. and I remember when she was really having me try and fill like the lower, you know, what I don't Low. know. What you call it. Yeah. yeah. Of the lung. Um, I was like, man, I don't know if I've ever breathing this way. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I was ever actually filling my lungs up to their full capacity in yeah. the way that I now realize I'm capable of doing. So it's cool. Yeah. You want to try and like breathe into your stomach.
3: Yeah, I remember you telling me that yeah. everyone's going to be like listening to our heavy breathing because I'm like trying to do it now. <laughs> um,
0: but I, I, I liked the other one that I haven't tried, though, I think what he said. Um, I can't remember the term, but like when you're breathing through your nose, you want to like breathe. like, like You want to transition from breathing in like a really like slow drawing in to like then breathing out almost to where you can't even tell where you've like transitioned from in to out. Yeah. I haven't tried it that Wait, way. Do
3: you, do you breathe out of your nose too? Or can you breathe out of your mouth? Breathe
0: out. I think you can breathe out of your mouth, but I think, but um, you I inhale think
3: it, in your nose and can you exhale out of your mouth?
0: Yeah, you can definitely do that. Are you spoke, but what are you supposed to do? Well, that's what I was asking him too. Like, I think the big thing is breathing in through your nose, but I think there's right. a lot of, um, like, look, I've heard some of our past guests and I don't think we talked about on the show, but like some of them do specific, like nose breathing exercises where it's in and out only of the nose. Yeah. And then there's different like measures of time that you can do it. Like there's a thing called box breathing. Um, and now I'm forgetting what the time is. Maybe it's like, oh, it's a box. So what is it?
3: Isn't like it six seven, seconds and six seconds? Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like seven seconds in. Oh, maybe it's. I think it might be like you, you breathe in for six, you hold your breath for six and then you exhale for six and then you hold it. it. Yeah. Or maybe it was seven, whatever it is. I'll have to look it up. But anyways, my point being like, um, you know, like, is there a wrong way to breathe? Like if people are listening, like clearly they're doing something right. (laughs) I think what he was saying is you can use your breath to start to control your emotions, You can use your breath to start to like calm your heart rate down. You can use your breath, you know, Mm -hmm. to trigger all these things in your body that will get you to like a better place. Um, But then also, we're going to do an episode on breath specifically. I'm going to get a breath expert because there are all these other like techniques um, Mm -hmm. and exercises that you can do that like there's some people, I'm not shitting you, who tape their mouth shut when they go to sleep. What so that they can't so that they can't breathe through their mouth. Like they're so hardcore about this. That's so crazy. Oh, there's all sorts of just wild stuff that you can do.
3: Wow, that's crazy. <sighs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I went off on a tangent there. Yeah. What else are you thinking? We got the breath. Uh, do we miss anything? Because I know you had a, a bunch of good notes there.
3: Uh. We oh about the breath work. Yeah. Oh, I, that I something I never thought about was when you breathe in through your nose. Yeah. It's like. That's how you're meant to breathe in. And it's like a barrier of defense for like germs or whatever. Right. So instead of like going right through your mouth and there's no defense against them, going through your nose is like this whole filtration system Yeah. that protects you from germs. Yeah. So if you're like out there in or next near someone who's infected with something, if you're breathing through your nose, you're less likely to get sick.
0: Hmm. I think you're
3: right. No, that's what he said. Is that what he said? I mean, not in those words, but it, that's what he said. Okay.
0: No, you heard it here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what no, I have written down no, is... No, you're right, though. Like, I mean, that's like the whole point of the nose. Our nose is our first
3: barrier of defense yeah. with your immune system. Yeah, that's yeah, what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty cool, crazy.
1: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> um, and <throat> I wasn't <throat> lying. Like, when I started using those Breathe Right strips, I, like, noticeably felt better when I woke up.
1: Yeah, I there, know. There'd
0: be nights where I'd sleep. I might get, like, seven and a half. Some night I might get nine. But if when I wasn't using these things, if I was congested, like... I felt terrible. Uh-huh. You know, I had like a headache. Like I could tell I wasn't breathing well. Yeah. Uh, okay. We hit sleep. We hit breathing. The last one, last key takeaway, folks, movement. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to talk about counting steps.
3: No, no.
0: But now I'm very interested in how many steps I'm taking over the course and very of very
3: concerned about the mm-hmm. lack of steps we're taking.
0: I am a little concerned. Now, the problem is I walk around a lot without my phone. Yeah. So I don't have a good baseline of what I've actually been doing. Um, But his rationale for why steps are important completely kind of surprised me.
1: Mm -hmm. And maybe
0: this is like more common knowledge and I just, I don't know, haven't thought about it. Um, But the fact that it wasn't like, oh, it's a great way to like burn calories and stay active and like, you know, get some like light aerobic work. It was like, no, like your body has all these processes like flushing, you know, waste or... Uh, lymphatic drainage. Yeah, lymphatic drainage or like you was saying like, you know, like cells are constantly reproducing. Like you need to flush those dead cells and all that waste out of your body by one means or another. Yeah. Um. So it's like by moving around that often, like it helps kind of pump all that, you know, fluid and blood throughout your body.
3: Yeah. That, that was really interesting cool. to me. Oh, sorry.
0: Um... So I don't know. I want to know how many steps I'm taking.
3: What did you put it on your phone? Oh, your phone's filming us. Yeah,
0: my phone's filming us right now because we didn't set up the other camera.
3: Uh. Hey,
0: folks, we're going to be on YouTube. It's actually happened. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we got a way to record the episodes finally, and now we're recording us here. So if you want to, check us out on YouTube as well. If you want to know what Sonya looks like, <laughs> hop on over <laughs> to YouTube. Um, <gasps> but man, we, what I, I think... It's great that there's someone out there who is talking about this from a more holistic standpoint, but also making it more um, approachable Mm -hmm. because it's like there's so much information out there, you know, that like the average person, I think, just often feels like overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. What I appreciated was like he came on the show and was like, hey, look, these are like low hanging fruit. Here's some key guidelines. Here's things that like anybody who's listening can probably start doing today,
1: Yeah, you
0: know, which is like, honestly, what I think most people want. Like, yeah, he even said as much like, look, like now within each of these pillars, we can really start to get nuanced. We can start to optimize. We can start to get like really nitty gritty trying to find efficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, these are like, like I said, low hanging fruit things that you can start doing. I mean, while, literally while listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, which I appreciated. So, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what sort of impact it has.
3: I know. I'm excited for the end of January to see
0: yeah. what, we, what we've
3: what we become.
0: Well, I got to figure out what my body fat goal actually is.
3: Oh, shoot. We never got one of those clicky things.
0: Well, because I, Alex and I had to push our episode back. So, once That's we get Alex, right. I mean, he's yeah. like... I mean, this is what he does all day. He's a specialist, you know, of course, like strength and conditioning, but like nutrition as well is what he does with a lot of his clients. Yeah. So like, I mean, I thought who better to talk to. So yeah. I want to get his take on how I set this up right. Mm-hmm. What is the actual best way um, to measure it. for us to measure it, for us to track it? And then what are like the right things, the safe things that we can be doing uh, so that that way people who do want to follow along, give it a shot also, you know,
3: Hmm.
0: They've got uh, they have some direction yeah. from someone who's actually yeah uh, you know, a doctor, <laughs> not just you and me trying to figure this out on our own. All right, I don't know what else do you want to talk about.
3: Um, gosh, I don't know. That's
0: good radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what is this? Uh, but before
3: we came up here, I was downstairs taking all of my measurements like the marvelous Miss Maisel does.
0: Yeah, we're a little late to the marvelous Miss <laughs> Maisel game, but we're 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 ripping through it yeah uh do you want to share I mean you're you're pretty close pretty spot on
3: yeah my waist is smaller than
0: hers yeah well I'm uh, sorry
3: (laughs) but she's got way smaller calves than me like three inches Mm, smaller
0: I don't have to pay more attention to her eleven,
3: yeah hers are 11
0: mine are 14 should we give some context to people who don't watch the marvelous oh yeah yeah
3: she like she always measures her she like obsessively measures herself yeah And I was like, oh, I want to measure myself too.
0: (laughs) It's a great show. I obsessively
3: measure my waist. Can I ask you why? Uh, You know what? I don't know. I feel like it's always been put in my head that having a small waist is, Hmm. I don't know, it's important. (laughs) So I have always kept tabs on it. Yeah. Do you have like a uh, my best waist? Yeah, is twenty three. Okay. Well, it's the smallest it's been, it's been. under that, but like the best waist is twenty three. Right now it's twenty four, but I've, that's because of the holidays.
0: Is twenty three like a sustainable? Yeah. Like you're like oh, yeah, a, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. a healthy. Yeah, that's like
3: when I'm like fit and maintaining. Feeling good. Yeah. Okay. So I that's know, what, what that's what my goal is to like keep it at twenty three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good goal. A lot of people, a lot of women listening, are probably like, "Ugh, you." <laughs> bitch (laughs) 23 23 24 it's like i'd like to get south of 30 okay um all right i was just gonna say something but now i forgot oh you know what this is a long episode and now we're dragging on do this if you're still listening uh if you have my number and you're a good friend shoot me a text if you want to get in touch with us go to at the underscore professional athlete Shoot me a note. Let me know that you've listened this far. Okay. We're going to come up on our first year here. And I've been thinking about ways to uh, give something back to our our power listeners. If you Mm -hmm. made it this far, you're a power listener. Let's be honest. (laughs) Shoot me a note. All right. (sighs) We're going to get you in the system and uh, maybe come, man, I think the first episode went live March, Mm -hmm. end of February. It was like February
3: no, it was March. It was March.
0: Was it March? Yeah. yeah. Maybe the intro went live February. So we're coming up. We would love to give something back to you. So hit me up or go, go to KenGunter.com. Shoot me an email. And uh, yeah, we'll make we'll make sure that it's noted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, okay. Well, let's wrap this up. All righty. All righty. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope everyone had a happy new year. Uh, and if you also have your own goals and you want to share them, we would love to hear. Uh, and maybe if there's a specific topic that you are interested in. Also let us know that as well. We always Mm. love the the feedback and want to keep bringing on guests that you enjoy to hear from. Yep. All right. Happy new year, everyone. And we will see you next week. Happy new year. Happy new year.